just stay these people in this room. That like there's people that we never thought would have said yes to a life of following Jesus that uh, week after week just like begin to enter into our gathering and into the fold of the kingdom of God because they just become captivated by the person of Jesus. And so it's important for us to get this now because even if it was just us for the the rest of our lives, we wouldn't get it. But it's not going to be us. In faith, there's going to be people that join us that need help along with this and what it looks like to be unified. And so we're going to commit to getting it down. And then as new people uh, join us, we're going to teach them what it means to be God's people. And uh, over time, people are going to look at us. Lord willing, I'm speaking this in faith. People are going to look at the gathering of Connection Church and say, there is something distinct about them, about how they love one another, how about they care for one another. And, and it, like, I don't know about this whole God thing, but I want whatever that is. And then they come into our fold and they go, oh, whatever that is, is this whole God thing. Yes, I'll surrender my life to it. Um, so... God calls us to be unified, we need to to live as one, and to not do so is a sin. But because conflict is part of the fall, how do we handle it? Because it's not a matter of if conflict will come, it's a matter of when, and then a matter of what we do to engage with it. So, here is my question for you, and I want you to talk about this in your groups for just a little bit. (coughs) When conflict arises... Uh, what is your natural reaction? I, got, I gave these expressions that you can pick from, and then I got some pushback, so I'll give you some alternative expressions. Do you fight, uh, f- flight, or uh, curl up and die? So do you uh, charge at the conflict, Fight, some people felt like that was a little strong. So uh, fight meaning like, I'm going to take this head on. Fight doesn't need to be like a, like a I'm going to be mean to someone. But I'm going to take this conflict head on. I'm going to run away from it and never touch it with a 10-foot pole. Or I'm going to do neither and just completely ignore it and freeze. Okay? So in your groups, those are your three options. Fight, flight, or, or, or uh, freeze. Or if, if you need alternative words. Are you going to charge at the conflict? Are you going to run away from the conflict? Or are you going to just freeze and and do nothing? So in your groups, take a few minutes, uh, share, here's generally how I handle conflict and maybe maybe why. I don't know. I, I trust you guys. What do you do? Okay, uh, sorry if you didn't get through your whole group. Give me a, give me a show of hands. Who are our, I'm going to, I'll say chargers in the room. I'm not going to say fighters because I feel like that paints you in a negative light. Who are, I'm going to charge at conflict and I'm going to take this head on. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, okay, who are our, I'm going to run as far away as possible and I Please don't ever talk to me about this uh, again. Our, our flighters. Okay? Okay? And who are our, uh, in uh, Amanda's loving words to me, she says this, it's not necessarily conflict, but she says it about, like, if I have issues in my car, because I'm not mechanically inclined, and she'll get in my car because she doesn't ride in it tons, and she's like, uh, what is that noise? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know, I just... I'm not worried about it. <laughs> just, ignore, just ignore it. Uh, so who are ignorers in the room? Okay. 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 Yeah, that's good. That's good. There's a mix of us. Um, 
We're going to, um, we're going to, my goal today is to sanctify whatever your response is. That, uh, that we're going to learn how to, in a godly manner, go at conflict. We're not going to charge it. We're not going to be a bull in a china shop. But we're going to handle it in a way that honors God and works towards unity. So Romans, uh, Paul is talking about in Romans. Uh, I'm going to be kind of all over there today. But if you want to, 12 and 14. So if you want to get in the, in the roundabout area. Um, but he's talking all about what it means to exist in a body. In one of these passages, he's talking about uh, spiritual gifts, which we're going to get to in a couple weeks. And another one, he's talking about um, eating food uh, that's like uh, prohibited. And the whole point of what he's getting at is, is here's what it looks like when we're bringing this collective to the table and we have all of these experiences and all of these backgrounds and we're bringing them to the table, what does it look like for us to honor God and how we interact with one another? And he says in Romans 12, and then he says something very similar in Romans 14. So he says in 12, 18, if he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then he says in, uh, in chapter 14, verse 19, he says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. To do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And I like what he's saying in chapter 14, verse 19, because it, it, it expounds on the chapter 12, but I think it takes it a little bit further. So he's saying in chapter 12, as long do everything possible in your power to live at peace with one another. But the goal of our Christian gathering, the goal of what happens here, is not just an under-the-surface peace. That is, a, that is an important component of what we do here, that we're unified and we're living in harmony with one another. Because again, what does Jesus say? He says, they'll know, uh, the outside watching, hurting, waiting world will know you're Christians by your love for one another. Uh, so we need to make every effort to live in harmony with one another. But uh, it could be very easy for us to interpret this as we will tolerate one another. Because you can be peaceable while tolerating someone and not loving them. You can be peaceable by, uh, by tolerating someone and not loving them. But then he takes it a step further in 14. He says, let us make, therefore, every effort to do what leads to peace and then to mutual edification. So the goal isn't this underlying, we're, we're, we're living in a state of toleration. But no, we're living in a state of mutual edification, meaning we are building one another up. We're at peace, and there's this distinct unity that exists inside of our gathering. And then at the same time, we are uh, making sure that we're pushing one another towards godliness. And that we're, uh, and it's not this idea of like personal betterment. Like I'm, you're gonna, we're, we're working to send one another to entrepreneurial seminars. But we're working towards like Christ-likeness and godliness. That as uh, the Holy Spirit works in all of our lives individually, collectively we are spurring one another on and encouraging one another and holding one another accountable. And Paul is telling us here that we are to make every effort to do that. Uh, but unfortunately, we talked about this a little bit last week. Unfortunately, I don't always see, and this isn't connection specific. This is Universal Church and this is Jordan Chapel. I don't always see every effort being made in myself to live at peace with one another. 
Why is this important? Because they will know we're Christians. They'll know we're Jesus followers because of our love for one another. We talked about conflict is unfortunately part of the fall. But we believe Jesus is in the, is in the process of making all things new. Meaning, he's making our conflict resolution new. So, I, I've heard this before. And older folks, I love you. I'll let you decide whether or not you fall into that category. I've heard a lot, from, I've heard it from younger folks too, but I've heard a lot from older folks uh, the phrase, but that's just how God made me. I'm like, no, you're just a major jerk. That's not how God, that's not how God made you. You're just refusing to surrender that portion of your life to the Lord. And so my hope as we lean into conflict resolution is that we are surrendering that portion of our lives to the Lord and that he's redeeming and sanctifying those parts of our lives. So this is, this is a very real part of our jobs as Jesus followers, fighting back against the darkness, pushing back against the fall. Um, so he's, he's working to restore the fractures uh, in our gathering, the fractures in our world, and we want to be a part of it. So he says, um, in, uh, back in Romans 12, verse 3, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So again, a reminder that we are not trying to elevate self with here's my preferences or here's my desire inside of the conflict. But Paul's reminding us, I want you to take yourself down a couple letter levels and not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. We're going to remember that we exist inside of a body. He says later on in verse 10, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. Meaning, we're going to count one another more important than ourselves. I've heard, uh, I think it was Andy Stanley talked about like how this whole thing, working together in, in unity, uh, the Christian life is a race to the back of the line. Like, it should not be any of our desires to get our preference. It should be like, okay, God, what do you want? We want to be on board with that. And then for anything, uh, Paul talks about it with, like, preferences in the book of Romans. And uh, what are the things that I'm holding on as preferences? And, like, I'm just going to let those go, and I'm going to say, God, whatever you want. And then aside from that, like, oh, no, you choose, you choose, you choose. You choose. And guess what? If we're constantly racing to the back of the line and we're constantly counting one another's preferences above our own, we're, we're heading off probably like 99% of the conflict right there. If we go, here's what I think, but I, I'm holding it super loosely. I'm being super open-handed about this, and we'll, uh, whatever the particular issue is at hand, um, and we'll, we'll eliminate 99% of the conflict right there. Honor one another above yourselves. And then uh, later on in verse 16, it says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, um, but be willing to be associated with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And then uh, I want to remind us again of uh, chapter 14, verse 19. It says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So we are committed to, to working and existing at peace with one another and then pushing one another and pushing in the good sense, not the like... Uh, not the bad sense of like, oh, I feel like I can't ever get a break here, but we're, we're pushing one another towards godliness and to Christ-likeness. So, 
that brings us, that kind of sets the table for us, that conflict resolution and how we walk through conflict is a really, really important thing. And that sets the table for us to jump to Matthew chapter 18. And that's where we're going to camp out for the rest of our time together. And Matthew 18 is a lot of times, and, and rightfully so, I think, I think there's elements of like this is how we need to do it. But Matthew 18, if you've been around church for any particular amount of time, I think gets hijacked sometimes as the... Um, the church discipline passage. Like, here's how the leadership is supposed to handle someone who is uh, kind of flittering away doing their own thing. And I think there's an element of it that that's a healthy, natural, and good step. But I think what Jesus is giving us here is a really good roadmap for how to engage in conflict with one another. So, I'm going to read through the verse we're going to walk through. This was one, there was a couple things in this, uh, the body life uh, training series that were pretty, I said at the beginning, none of it was revolutionary. And I'm about to walk back that statement because it was like, this was pretty earth shaking for me uh, of how it was presented of, here's how we're going to walk through conflict. And uh, I am, whether you submit to it or not, I am putting this expectation on us as a church family and that this is how, as Connection Church, when conflict arises, this is how we are going to walk through it. So Matthew 18, we're going to start in verse 15. It says, if your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. <clears throat> if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established in the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So Jesus walks through when you have conflict. Now, uh, it would be easy for, um, for us to read this and uh, interpret that when the brother or sister sins against you, and we're really good at quantifying and classifying sins in particular categories. So it'd be easy for us to come to this passage and go, when your brother or sister sins or uh, commits adultery on you, right? or when your brother or sister uh, murders, or when your brother or sister, uh, like fill in the blank of whatever you want to for sin, um, but we like to classify these real high level, in quotes, high level sins as like when someone commits this against you, then you're going to initiate this process. But we talked about last week that disunity is a sin. So for there to be any division in our midst that is, that is grieving the heart of God and we're living in sin. That's not a statement of condemnation. That's a statement of, like, we, we got to work on it. It's fine. It's not fine, but we're like, we got to work on it. So if your brother or sister sins against you, means at some level causes some sort of rift or disunity between you and them, this is what you're going to do. So there is a phrase that I want us to commit to memory. And this was the phrase that was super helpful uh, for me. And we're going to walk through it together. And then I've got a card that you're going to go home with. And I hope you just stick it in your Bible in, in Matthew 18. And that as you go, you're able to, to be like, oh, I want to walk through this in the right way. You can just reference it. Make it really easy on you. So here's, here's what the phrase is. <clears throat> here's how we're going to walk through Conflict in a healthy way that honors God. Step number one is you. 
okay? You. Meaning, if your brother or sister sins against you. So if you were wronged in some form or way, whether you feel like it, uh, it rises to the level of this or not, if you were wronged in some way, and in your heart you know and you know and you know that there's some sort of division, some sort of crack in the body that has taken place, it is your responsibility to go. Meaning, we're not sitting around, uh, if Carl says something, forgive me, Carl, if Carl says something mean to me, which he would never do, he's great. Carl says something mean to me, and <laughs> that's not kind, Katie. Are you whispering stuff about him? If Carl says something mean to me, it is my responsibility to go to Carl and talk about the problem. I'm not stewing in my living room for months on end with this like grudge festering deep down inside of me where I go, he better come talk to me. He, he better come make this right. What if he said it like, and he didn't mean what I thought he meant? Or what if he said it and he didn't even think about it again? I am then allowing there to be disunity in my heart and in my life. And again, we talked about it. It's a sin. It's a sin. It is our responsibility when we have been wronged to be the one that initiates the conversation. Now, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. The conversation doesn't always need to take place on the spot in the moment. There can be a couple days of processing and figuring out. Uh, but you, it is your responsibility to do what? To go. So you Go, meaning you're not going to bury it deep down inside and say, it probably wasn't that big of a deal. I just, I'm, I'm overreacting. If on some level it was wounding to you or, or, or hurt you, that is causing division. And again, you're allowing that to creep in and fester deep down inside. And so on some level, like, it's irresponsible of us as Jesus followers to, to go, I'm just going to pack that deep in a way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, that I never let this see the light of day and never let this come out, and I'm just going to worry about I'm just going to hope that it goes away. No. If your brother or sister sins against you, go. Point out their fault. We're going to do it lovingly. We're going to do it with loads and loads of grace but we're not going to sit on it because that's going to do nothing but cause disunity and division. And you're going to get to a point where you have ancestors and ancestors, and uh, they have ancestors and ancestors, and, uh, and great-grandkid chapel comes up to me and goes, great-grandpappy Jordan, why, doesn't, why don't we talk to the Long family? And, and uh, I go, well, let me tell you about it. One time... Carl said something mean to me. No, you're going to go. We're not going to sit on it. Now, you go, this one's key, to the person. You go to the person. This is, I want to give you full disclosure. This is one, and we're going to have a chance to talk about this, that I have historically struggled with the most. You go to the person. Meaning, this is what it doesn't look like. Bam. Do you hear what Carl said? The, the nerve. 
he said this really hurtful and unkind. We just we pray for us. We're I'm struggling with how. Just pray 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 for me, okay? Sean, I just told Pam I want to circle you into the the thing, and feel free to tell Sheila too, okay? Carl said some really hurtful stuff, and I am struggling. If you could if you could pray for us, and that's obnoxious, right? But let's do some self-reflection. We've probably done that more often than not. And again, this is, a, this is a cliche at this point, but church people are really good at, and I was joking around there, church people are really good at quantifying uh, quarrels and conflicts as prayer requests. Instead of actually doing, uh, I, I can't fathom how many times our Heavenly Father is in heaven and we pray, uh, Jesus, please help us with this conflict I'm having with Carl. And he's going, just go talk to him. I've given you everything, and you just go talk to him. We're like, please help us. And he's like, you can help you. Just go fix it. I've given you everything that you need. So you go to the person, meaning we're not taking every stop along the way. We're not going, uh, we're not going, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek counsel. And, and again, I want to I leave enough grace inside of this that, that like if that's a genuine desire of your heart. But I think you know when you're like, I need to, I have a trusted mentor that I need to, that I need to like walk through this situation because I'm not at a healthy place to go uh, talk about this conflict with them or, or whatever. I'm going to leave you enough grace to, to know that. But I think by and large, we would be served so well by going to the person. And again, uh, this is the person that has sinned against you, that's caused the division, whether they know it or not. Um, to, to, uh, so you go to the person. I'm trying to get ahead of, I'm starting to get ahead of myself. You go to the person. This one's key. In private. Matthew says, uh, go to them and point out their fault just between the two of you. Meaning, these are things when we're at this level, that are, that are not handled in the lobby of Connection Church. These are things, when they're between just the two of you, the person that's wronged against you, they are not handled uh, on Facebook. These are the things, like, you're going to them in private. Say, hey, can we grab coffee? You got time for a quick phone call? I would, I would implore you to, as much as possible, make it in person, because that, that removes a layer of technology and a barrier that I think can get put up. So as much as possible, we're going to do this in person. Um, but you're going to go to the person, and you're going to do it in private to give them enough grace to, to process and to, to figure stuff out. You might be giving them new information. You might, um, you might be, uh, they might not have even known that this was a problem, but you're going to go to the person, and you're going to do it in private. And what are you going to do? You're going to discuss the problem. You're going to go to the person, you, sorry, I need to do it. You go to the person in private to discuss the, how many? The one problem. Here's what this means. You go to the person to discuss the problem. I am not sitting down with Carl in this instance to say, well, listen, you said some hurtful stuff. And also, when you made my kids sit on the bench, and also, when you did this, 
And also, when you, that's not going to help anybody. It's not. You're going to go, and if, if you need to set up, uh, there might be, as we begin this process together, there might be an instance where you go, we need to schedule a few coffee dates. We've got some stuff that I've been holding on to, and it's, and it's please forgive me because it wasn't godly of me to hold on to. Please forgive me that, because I should have talked to you about this. I allowed division and disunity to grow in my heart, and I, I'm hurt, but I want to give you grace and allow you to, to I want to forgive you, and I want to walk through this. So at the beginning, you might have to schedule several out, but you're going to go to the person to discuss the problem, meaning the one that's at hand. We're not going to unload the backlog of all of this stuff. We're not going to, um, we're not going going to uh, bring up all the grudges that we've held. We're going to discuss this one problem. We're going to allow grace enough from the Holy Spirit for that one problem to be discussed, and then we're going to move on. Again, anyone that sins against you, it might be easy to go, I'm just going to, that's not a big deal. I'm going to bury it deep down inside. But if uh, on a certain level, if you're wronged and it hurts you, it is your obligation uh, to go. Um, Then, the last one, so you go to the person in private to discuss the problem. Why? For the purpose of reconciliation. That, uh, that, that the wholeness, we talked about disunity and discord dividing, that wholeness might take place. We're going uh, and walking through this so that there can be a situation where we more fully reflect the image of God, that, that this wholeness can be seen in our body and in our midst. Meaning, it might take you a couple days. It might take you a couple days to get to a point of going, I'm ready to work towards reconciliation. Because on day one when you're hurt, uh, you might go, I want to meet with them so that I can give right back to them what, what they gave to me. That really, really hurt, and I'm in a space in my heart and in my head and my soul that I really want to hurt them back. That's not why we're gathering together. We're gathering together for the purpose of restoration and reconciliation, which is honestly, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we can do on our own, but we're trusting that Jesus can do it for this, uh, for, for us. So you go to the person in private to discuss the problem for the purpose of reconciliation. Then Jesus gives uh, some outlines of here's what it's going to look like to, uh, to walk through. If it doesn't go well, we can include more people into the equation, but we're going to start with this. Uh, then he goes on to say, and this was one of those things that I heard. I th- it, was, it was a Holy Spirit moment when, when I was walking through this um, for the first time. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they still refuse to listen to like the church leadership and they're walking through all these problems uh, and they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, this was for me really, really uh, eye-opening because until maybe a year ago, and totally wrongfully so, but until maybe a year ago, growing up in the church, all that, I read this as like, if they won't listen to the church, we're going to cast them out of the church, and we're not going to speak to them. We're not going to associate with them, and they're going to be totally outside of our context and our gathering. And then someone asked me, how did Jesus, who is saying all of this, how did Jesus treat tax collectors and pagans? With heaps and heaps 
of love. And did he eat dinner with them? Yes. Was his, were his feet washed by them? Yes. Like he was associating with them out the wazoo. This is not a hard cutoff of like, no, you don't even belong to us anymore. This is, we're going to set some healthy boundaries, but my interactions with you are going to be filled with love and grace, and they're going to be filled with compassion, they're going to be filled with kindness, and I am never going to stop loving you because Jesus has never stopped loving you. So that is the, uh, the framework for how we are going to walk through conflict, that you are going to go to the person in private to discuss the problem for the purpose of reconciliation. This matters a lot. And I need us to commit to something because it would be really easy for this to go awry in our midst. But it matters a lot, and and here's what I need us to commit to, that it's so important for us to get this right. It's so important for us to walk through conflict right that uh, I need us to all commit, and I'm making the commitment with, uh, with you and alongside you, that it is so important of the we're going to go talk to that person. The you is going to go talk to that person. That if you're coming to me and you're going, man, this, really per- this person really, really hurt me. This, this really stunk. My response to you is going to be, I'm really sorry that happened. Have you talked to them about it? And if you go no, I'm going to say, that's fine. I need, you, I need you to talk to them about it. I need you to go talk to them about it. This matters. This matters to God. It matters to me. I need you to go talk to them about it. And in fact, it matters so much to me, and this unity and this, this, this wholeness matters so much to me that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to them in a couple days. And, and I'm going to say, hey, have you, have you talked to so-and-so yet? And then they go, no. And say, it's not your story to write, but you're going to go, I'm going to go, I, I think you should reach out to them. I think you should reach out to them. Because we, we can't. We cannot be a church of people who are holding grudges. We cannot be a church of people who have this division and this disunity. And so I'm just asking of the same commitment of you that if someone comes to you and goes, did you hear what so-and-so did? You go, we're going to have empathy and grace. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Have you talked to them about it? And and you're going to cut the story off right there. That you're going to go, we're not talking about this right now. I I need you to go talk to them about this because it matters to God. And you say, say that. It's true. It matters to God that we get this right. Go talk to them about it. And in fact, it matters so much to me that I'm going to reach out to them in a couple days and I'm going to make sure that, uh, that there's some, some connection that's happening there. Um, and, and then here's the other commitment I need us to make as a body. That when someone reaches out to you and says, can we, can we talk? And then they begin to go, uh, when you fill in the blank, that, that really hurt me. And, and it, it kind of wounded me, and maybe it brought up some stuff from the past, or maybe it was a fresh wound. And, and when someone starts to say that to you, and it's hard, it's hard. It's been a big growth area for me. Our first response is not defense. Our first response is going, maybe it is through this person that the Holy Spirit is wanting to sanctify us and grow us to look more like Jesus. And not, oh, that's so petty. I didn't even mean that. No. 
We're, we're looking for wholeness. We're looking for unity. We're looking for the image of God born in our midst as a gathering. You go to the person in private to discuss the problem for the purpose of reconciliation. A couple of quick notes. Our counselors in our midst can probably attest to this, that uh, there is a tactful way to do this, that when you're saying, can we sit down, uh, can, we, can, we, can we talk about these things, um, there's some language that we can use, and something that's important to, to note is I versus you statements. So uh, when we sit down and say, this really hurt me, uh, we're not going, you have some nerve I can't believe you, 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 you. We're, we're going to re- reflect on how it has hurt us. Some other uh, important uh, language that we can use in these conversations is, can you help me understand what you meant when you said this? Or, or do I have permission to ask about, about this? Or uh, can, I, can I give you some feedback on, on, on how that made me feel? Uh, and something that's so important, and it's so important for us to do, uh, and, and I've said this so many times, even in my short time here, is we're not going to write stories for people. And just say, when you sit down and go, I'm really having trouble not writing story, uh, stories in my head. And when you said this, it made me feel this way because I've got all this, you could, well, I mean, I've got all this trauma or baggage or whatever it is. But it, it really made me feel like this. And I'm having a hard time not filling in the blanks with my own, with my own story I'm writing. Um, can, can you help me understand what's going on there? I, th- I feel like more often than not, you're going to find uh, when you use a language like that, they're going to go, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. I didn't intend it like a, at all like that. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you that way. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry, but we have to come to the table with grace and empathy and mercy. So again, if you hear someone talking about conflict, or you hear someone talking about disunity, or you hear someone talking about uh, brokenness in our midst, or in the midst of, of another, another gathering of believers, or other Christ followers, you, you are then entered into the fold as a responsible far, party for sin in our camp. This is not a, this is not a witch hunt for we're going to run after and we're going to pummel people and we're going to beat them up and make sure that we're unified. It's not what this is. This is a commitment to following Jesus and how we interact with one another. And that commitment is not something that we are able to do apart from the help of Jesus. That commitment is not something we are able to do apart from Jesus coming into our lives, the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and molding and shaping us. And, and uh, I think of uh, Ephesians 2, uh, where, where Paul talks about, like, uh, he's talking about differences between people. And he says, it is through the cross that Jesus has torn down the dividing wall of hostility. It is because of Jesus, because of the work on the cross, that there is, there is no room for walls being built in our midst. There's no room for disunity and unwholeness because of the work of Jesus. And so just like we did last week, we're going we're gonna to reflect on that work. And we're going to reflect on who Jesus is and what he did and how it is that is because of Jesus that we're able to to walk through conflict in a healthy manner that honors God. 
So I'm going to pray for us. There's going to be a song uh, that we can reflect on while you come and grab your elements. And then uh, hold on to them. We'll take them unified together as God's people. And then uh, I'll pray for us again. We'll hear Psalm 103 again about how good God is and uh, the things he's done for us. And then we'll go about our business and, and we'll, we'll go about being a unified people. So Jesus, we're grateful for who you are. We're grateful for uh, the work that you did on the cross, Lord. We're grateful that you tore down the dividing wall of hostility, that uh, it is through your work that we can know peace. So Father, will you bring to mind the things even now that we need to work on this week, the people that we need to call the conflict that we need to, to begin the process of resolving. And Jesus, is painful, it's hard, but we trust in your goodness and your sweetness in the process. We love you, Lord. We receive your love. And we ask all these things in your precious and holy name.